When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC. I'm Dan Thomas, joined in the studio today by Ali Reno and Stevie Nickel. We'll kick things off with the same story, which of course dominated yesterday's show, and that is a prospective punishment for Manchester City after breaching 113 regulations since the 2009-2010 season. A number of charges of not providing full details of players and manager payments. For more, uh, let's welcome in here Mark Ogden. It's in the warm in, in, in Sheffield. Uh, Ian is with us, as is Don. Mark, like, we've kind of been here before, haven't we, with Manchester City and, and proposed breaches of things, and in the end, it's a fine or the Court of Appeal overturns it. Why is this going to be any different? Well, this has taken almost four years to get to this stage because the Premier League have been investigating City for so long. It went to the High Court about 18 months ago and City were basically told off by the judge for withholding evidence and being obstructive. So it's taken an awful long time to get here. But I think the fact that the Premier League have applied these charges means that they must be confident they can make them stick. Now, City said in a statement yesterday they have irrefutable evidence which will prove their case. So, And they're basically saying, bring it on. But I do get the sense that the Premier League wouldn't have gone to this length if they didn't feel they could make it stick. So I think, I think this one's going to be, obviously, it's going to be one to watch, but I don't think it'll be done very quickly. Uh, now, Gab mentioned yesterday that nothing, as you say, is going to happen, for example, this season. But for the start of next season, we could see points, deduction, bark, or maybe even relegation. Yeah, I mean, all options are on the table. So it's points, deductions, fines, relegation. I mean, expulsion basically means relegation. So... And that could mean backdating, you know, possible titles being taken off City. This goes back to 2009-10. So this is, you know, City have said that they're innocent of the charge, but if they are found to be guilty, this is like industrial scale, isn't it? I mean, this is, this is Lance Armstrong, Ben Johnson material because this is so big that if City are found guilty, it's so, so big. So if it's such a big situation, then I think everything has to be on the table and that includes taking titles off them. Do you agree, Don? If they're found guilty, they should be stripped to their titles? I do, Dan. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, Lord knows where this is going to go and where it's going to end up. Um, but I do feel a little bit sorry for the likes of Man United and Liverpool. I think over the years, because it is historic, Man United will have three more titles and Liverpool will have three more titles. I think in the immediate sort of past, you think how hard Liverpool have pushed Man City by only losing the league by a point twice. You think all that hard work. But then you just showed the list there about the FA Cups and the Carabao Cups. And all of a sudden, you start you know, taking titles and all the domestic trophies off them, it becomes really, really messy. So I've got no idea where this is going to end up. Where do you stand, Steve? Obviously, Liverpool will gain, as Don said, if City gets stripped of these titles. Well, Liverpool will gain on paper. Right. Emotionally, they won't gain. No. Which is what the game's all about. Right. But it's still the right thing to do, is to take the titles off. But from a player's perspective, how, how would you feel if you're in their shoes? Again, the emotion's not there. Right. They might send you a... They might send you a medal. Yeah. They might send you a bonus, which will be nice. But that emotional attachment to winning the league's not there. Uh, Ian, how's it being received from the people that you've been speaking to within the industry? 
Well, I think this is a seismic development. As, as Mark said, you mentioned there have been whiffs of uh, problems for Manchester City and about breaches of financial regulations in the past. I think they were banned for two years from the Champions League, but then were cleared in the court of arbitration. They don't have that route this time, although they can drag this, I suspect, with their top lawyers through the, the courts and various appeal processes for quite a long time. But I think it's massively serious. And I, the, the feeling you get is that there will be a massive punishment for Manchester City if they are found guilty. And we need to stress, we shouldn't be prejudging this yet. Mm. Let's see what the commission decides. Let's see what the facts actually turn out to be. But if they're guilty, I, I would not like to see titles in the past reassigned. You don't want things being decided in a boardroom, but they could quite easily be relegated from the Premier League. Uh, so a bad 48 hours for Manchester City, of course, not only off the pitch, but on it as well after that 1-0 defeat against Spurs. Mark, what are you hearing? What's going on at City? Why are they not good at the moment? Well, I mean, there's, there's a variety of reasons. Obviously, the Cancelo situation highlighted some cracks in the dressing room. There's a lot of players that aren't playing as often they should be. I, I don't think Carl Walker, Phil Foden will be overjoyed at how much game time they've had recently. I think, you know, Pep Guardiola's been there for nearly seven years now and he's an intense coach. And maybe the players are thinking, well, it, it, it's too much in a sense. It, this, this kind of intense, on your case, demand for perfection all the time. I think you look at people like Jurgen Klopp, who's having a, a tough time at Liverpool. I think he's more of a, a players' manager. I think he's more empathetic at times what the players need. I think, I think with Guardiola, there's less of that. He's also lost his assistant manager. You know, we know that Juan Milillo left the club uh, last, last summer. Pep hasn't really replaced him. So who's, who's there to say no to Pep? Who's there to disagree with Pep and say, Pep, you know, take a step back? So maybe that's an issue as well and I think that you know Erling Haaland is another issue that as great as a centre forward that he is he's changed the way that City play and he's made them in some ways easier to defend against because they only have one way of playing now so I think you know maybe Haaland you know is a great striker but they haven't scored any more goals they've got exactly the same amount of goals after so many games this season as last season so the, the City are more predictable so a lot of factors but you know they're still in the title race to get Arsenal away next week but I do think that it's beginning to look like you know, things are beginning to slide at City and what's happened in the last couple of days has made it even worse because if you're Pep Guardiola, your team's not winning and you face the prospects of all your amazing achievements over the last few years, you know, being spend the life with an asterisk next to from now on. It's interesting, isn't it, with this Manchester City side? We've seen them have dips, as most top teams have in the past, but they come out of them very quickly and then hit the ground running. On this occasion, you know, I'd be very, very reluctant to say, yeah, they're going to go on one of those runs, given what we've seen over recent weeks. Yeah, they're not the team they were. They just seem to be lacking something. You know, maybe this team has... When a lot of the players signed for Man City and Pep Guardiola, it was to win things. It was to go to Pep and to win things. But all these players have won things now. And maybe the kind of the drive they had when they went to City to play for Guardiola, to accept the methods, his demanding methods, maybe they're thinking, well, I've won everything now. I don't need this kind of approach anymore. I need to like, to be a bit more... A bit more relaxed even, you know, Kevin De Bruyne wasn't even playing at the weekend. So he's making some very strange decisions in terms of tactics, in selection. So it just feels like there's it feels like there's a bit of an end coming, but you know, that that would be foolish to write Pep Guardiola and City off, but it does feel like that things aren't quite right and there's it's, it's not a happy camp right now. But it wouldn't be because they're not winning games. Does that resonate with you? Like you won five league titles yeah. and you've always said when we've discussed it in the past it's really hard to go out there and defend a title, to have that same sort of motivation. So does what Mark said kind of resonate in that it's harder to motivate a team that's already won? No, it is, and I, don't, I, I actually agree with Mark about the, the micromanagement part of it. 
certainly when you've won trophies and you get a little bit more experience, then yes, it becomes harder to motivate yourself. I don't think anybody can argue with that. There'll, there'll be times where you have to give, give yourself a little shake. But the micromanagement stuff, I 100% can see it getting on the experienced guys' backs. The other but, thing... But I it's would, Pep, isn't it? I can't imagine Pep, like, relaxing. It's just who oh. he is, isn't he? That's, well, there's, 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 there's nothing wrong with micromanaging for a period of time. But when you do it 24 hours a day, seven days a week, for seven or eight years, that's going to get on players. Right. No question. You can keep players on their toes without chirping at them every two seconds of the day. I think the other thing, and one of the biggest reasons, is they're not using Haaland properly. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no question they're not looking to play the ball in behind early enough, if at all. And that's a huge weapon. So, players are maybe a little unhappy with the manager. The fact that they're not, they're not cap- capitalising on what Haaland has, as, as much as he has <laughs> fantastic <laughs> traits, yeah. the one he has that's going to help them, they're not using it. It's bonkers, isn't it, Ian? 25 goals he's got in the Premier League, yet we're questioning whether or not City are better with or without him. Well, yeah, I mean, heaven help defences when he starts to uh, be used properly by Manchester City. But, I mean, it is a fact, I think. You know, I don't think he even had a touch in the opposition box at Tottenham. I mean, that's really quite an incredible stat. And he looked as if he was a stranger, isolated from the other players. He was making rounds. He wasn't getting the ball. So, I mean, he's going to end up getting 60 goals a season when they learn to play with him. But, um, yeah, I mean, I agree with Mark, and I think it's a generally held view now, that things are quite right at Manchester City at the moment. The, the, the Cancelo sudden departure to Bayern Munich was a little telltale sign. Not picking Kevin De Bruyne for a, for a huge game like Tottenham away, where they had the chance to cut Arsenal's lead. And then that strange quote from Pep Guardiola moaning about it takes four hours and 20 minutes uh, to get to London and, and I'm tired. I mean, when did they ever moan about that before? So just <laughs> at the moment, Things are not quite right with Manchester City, but I wouldn't be in quite such a hurry to write them off. They are just as likely to bounce back, probably sometime soon. Stevie just mentioned the word micromanaging, right? It's also what players you're micromanaging. Not every player is going to be or should be treated the same because not every player reacts to certain tactics the same way. Some players need the micromanagement. Other players need the space. Other players, you just leave them alone because, again, they need that space to be who they are and to, exp- to express themselves on the field. What I'm getting the sense here from Manchester City, and we've been in thousands of locker rooms, it feels like this guy is on top of everybody right now all the time. And when you see the expression of Kevin De Bruyne sitting on the bench in a big game, just kind of bored there, just like, I can't believe I'm out here. Why, why, why am I sitting here? It, it shows me that this is a guy that right now is going head-to-head with Pep Guardiola. And Pep Guardiola, given his success, and given the fact that part of that success comes from his stubbornness, he's not going to let this go. It's going to be my way, or it's not going to be. I don't think this is the way to operate with a team that has so much talent and so much experience. And to the point about Erling Haaland, as a striker, who was, as com- compared to Erling Haaland, I was as limited as you can possibly be in the striking position in comparison to that level. But man, if I'm making runs, play me the ball one time. Play me the ball 
because that's what motivates me. The, the, the idea and the hope that I can get in behind the defenders with a chance to score a goal, just give me something. Throw me a bone. Oh, my God. Huh? Throw, <laughs> just something, because I'm going to keep moving for you as long as you keep me motivated. But if you, the ball is not coming, then I start coming towards you. I start coming towards the ball because I want to get involved, and you're not involving me in the play. Now, if that were happening with me, it's one thing, but it's happening with perhaps the best out-and-out striker that we have in the world right now, and you're not using them. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, speaking of strikers, as the, um, the, the veteran of the panel, Ian, uh, you've seen them all over the years. How highly does Harry Kane rate in the history of strikers that we've seen in English football? Well, it's hard to make uh, comparisons across eras because the game was played on, on different surfaces. And you'd have to say that today's defenders are probably fitter and more organised. But in my lifetime, I would have to put Jimmy Greaves at number one, the guy that Harry Kane has overtaken in terms of Tottenham Hotspur goals. But if you want to go to number of top flight goals score, that is including the old first division, Jimmy Greaves is way clear. I think he's got 357. Nobody gets to within 40 of that. And he used to just make scoring look like shelling peas. He would just pass the ball in the back of the net. So those are the figures for the Premier League um, where Harry Kane is, you know, only the third person to get to, to 200. But if you want to go to, you know, football didn't start in 1992, like some people might believe, when they repackaged as the Premier League. It was going on a long time before that, as Stevie knows, because he played in it before that. But, um, you know, Jimmy Greaves, I think, would be number one. But Harry Kane was probably a more complete player than him because Harry Kane is setting up a lot of goals as well. Jimmy Greaves was purely a poacher. Uh, Mark, before I let you go and warm up, is he going to be at Spurs forever? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I, I think this summer is a, a kind of real pivotal time for Harry Kane because he'll have a year left on his contract. And I think, you know, he, we've had this conversation before, but he has to win trophies. He's too good a player not to win trophies. And I, how long have Spurs been trying to win a trophy? And, I think Spurs probably need to sell Kane to get the money in to make them better. It's almost like a catch-22 situation with Kane that if you keep him, you can't reinvest enough to, to make the team stronger. If you let him go, you might be able to bring the players in. But I think Kane, at the end of this season, has to look around and think, you know, let me go to a club where I can compete to win the Champions League, compete to win the Premier League. That might be a resurgent Man United. It might be Bayern Munich. It could be a team in Spain. But I do think that Harry Kane has earned the chance now to, to play for a top, top club, and I think Spurs are a top club, but they're not a club that traditionally wins things, so I think he needs to win trophies. He's too good a player not to win a trophy. Do you want me to ask you any more questions, Mark? <laughs> you can ask me how cold it is here if you want to. It's one degree, apparently. <laughs> Celsius. Your face says ill, and the pubs have closed now, and they've oh, all gone yes. hot. yes! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just, <laughs> just want to get in my car, please. <laughs> uh, thank you very much, Mark. Just a reminder, then, extra time, as always, available on our YouTube channel. Don back with uh, Ali and Stevie to answer your questions. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Wrexham's Hollywood story has finished, well certainly in the FA Cup, losing 3-1 in that replay against Sheffield United. In the end, the quality of the championship side was just too strong for Wrexham, who did have the chance though to take the lead in the second half. Mullin though missing his second penalty of the game. Let's get some reaction from the Wrexham side, shall we? They spoke to Alexis Nunes half the game. Uh, congratulations on such an entertaining time. I know this is a tough uh, loss to take as well, but surely you must be proud after the spirit you've shown in the last two. Yeah, proud, but um, not surprised. You know, I think we've got a really good group, and um, we were always going to work hard. They're obviously a really good team going in the Premier League, and it was always going to be tough. But we knew if we uh, worked as hard as we could and um, stuck together, then the chances had come. And as I say, I thought we were brilliant today, and maybe deserve more of the game. But sides like that, they punish you with the chances they do get. But as a group, I think it says a lot that we had devastated to be going out. But as I say, they're a great team, so we can uh, hold our heads up high. Ollie, do you kind of look at the if buts and maybes, or do you kind of? as well feel proud from what you guys showed uh, yeah definitely you know we um, definitely had chances to perhaps win the game today and um, you know they're obviously a top championship club and we definitely had them rattled for you know long long periods in the second half and it took them two games to, to come out on top against us so it's a big credit to the lads and you know the gaffers rotated the team tonight um, and everyone who came in done a brilliant job so it just shows you know the group that we do have and then, Paul, of course, you, you were the star man today, you know, getting the two penalty chances. I know definitely we won't look at the missed penalty so much. We saw you pull up a little bit, though. How are you feeling? No, I'm gutted, obviously, even if it was a normal chance, I'm gutted. But I won't watch the one I scored back. I'll always only watch the one you missed. But uh, I think it was a great save, you know, of it as hard as I could. And you know, they go in the majority of the time. But fair play to the goalkeeper. He's wasted as long as he could and got a good answer. And sometimes that's the difference, you know. We, we'd have loved it to go in. And uh, on another day, maybe it will. Maybe in the league when we need a little bit more. Eh? And I know that, of course, you want to win everything that you're playing in. But we know that promotion is the main goal right now. Is there any benefit to kind of bowing out now with pride and focusing fully on the league? Yeah, you know, I think it's easy to say now, you know, we can focus on the league, but of course we come here to win the game um, and, you know, it would have been lovely to play Tottenham at home, um, but, <clears throat> you know, it's not to be and we can genuinely go and focus on the league now, which is which is the main goal that, you know, the owners have come here to get this club promoted, not to win the FA Cup, so um, it's been good fun whilst it lasted, but we will now focus on the league um, and hopefully get this football club promoted back to the Football League. I know right, it's Hollywood, but I didn't think uh, anyone, I didn't envisage that we win the FA Cup. So, you know, I think them storylines are only for Hollywood. Well, guys, you made it absolutely entertaining. And I think you've definitely won the hearts of our viewers as we will continue to watch you guys. Thank you for an amazing tie and good luck for promotion. Thank you. Thanks for watching. Thank you. 
Uh, good stuff there from the guys who welcome in, Ian Dark, uh, Don Hutchinson join us and Alexis Nunes. Alexis, you've been on this journey with Wrexham throughout this FA Cup triumph. Uh, what was it like for you on the sidelines watching that all unfold? Oh, Dan, I was trying absolutely to keep my cool. We were just sat by the Wrexham uh, dugout, which is just in the middle of all of the Sheffield fans. And I think finally when we saw in the second half, Wrexham really going at it, getting the two penalties, you know, I was trying to keep my cool because it is impossible, especially after watching the show and what they've done so far in the FA Cup and the league, to not fall in love with their stories. And I think that um, Ollie put it perfectly. He said, look, the, the main reason the owners came in was to get this club promoted but in the meantime everyone has seen true hearts from from Wrexham you know I remember Phil Parkinson in the very first match that we covered at Coventry City he said if it's one thing I want to leave I tell the guys to go out there and have a good time enjoy the moment but also leave a bit on each team make it gritty make it nasty for teams to play against us so that they know yes we are underdogs but we are here to stay and I think they have shown that in every match we know that Ollie wanted to go up against a Premier League team and have a crack at them they got two championship teams and they pushed them to the absolute brink you know eliminating one in Coventry and then really rattling Sheffield United you know because there was a bit of a tunnel scuffle I know you guys like to hear the drama behind the scenes between Wrexham's Tozer and Billy Sharp Billy uh, you know he came to our flash and we spoke to him and he was quite rattled you know um, he said you know at the end of the day I think we showed them and I thought that that's the fact that you're rattled by a non-league team right now and that's something that Wrexham have been doing so far it's still a long way to go they still have the National League which is you know promotion is definitely the number one goal and I think overall Phil Parkinson did say in another interview that he's just proud of what he's shown everyone now here and abroad knows the Wrexham name they know the character that they can show and hopefully they will see them in a higher league come next season uh, Ian, obviously, the FA Cup has diluted slightly in importance, certainly when I was growing up, when Stevie uh, was winning it. But it's these sort of moments where you can, without hesitation, use the phrase magic of the FA Cup. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they've been dramatic, Wrexham. All the goals, I think they won 4-3, didn't they, against Coventry in the previous round, another championship club. I mean, you watch them play, and it's hard to believe they're playing in the fifth tier the first tier of non-league football in England. They've been a non-league team now. They used to be a league team, um, you know, from this fairly run-down North Wales town. They've been out of the Football League for 15 years. Now it's become a Hollywood type of story. It's captured the imagination of the world. And you'd love to think, really, their reward will come by getting their Football League place back. Their problem is there's another team in their division who are about as good as them. Notts County who are topping that league at the moment. So... You know, I mean, I think they've shown their quality, not just their fight in the cup run. And uh, I really hope that if they're not going back to the Football League this year, I think they will. It comes soon because they deserve it. It's a great story. Yeah, confirmation there. Remember, the National League's a weird one because only the top team get automatically promoted and then the second side gets there through the playoffs where, of course, Grimsby beat Wrexham last time out. They're looking to go one step further as it stands with it all to do, though, against Notts County. Stockport uh, winning it last year. Uh, Don, you must have been the only man who, who wasn't in Sheffield supporting <laughs> Sheffield United, weren't you? I know, my, my former club. Uh, I love playing at Sheffield United. Terrific fan base. 
Uh, lovely old stadium as well with the cop end to your right-hand side. And I think the reason why they were rattled, the Sheffield United players, because it was, wasn't the case of Wrexham. When you look in an FA Cup game, you see a, a non-league side turn up, you think they're going to be a bit gritty and they're going to make it horrible. They played some brilliant football. I think that's why people have fell in love with Wrexham and the journey that they've been on. And it took, you know, it took two games for Sheffield United to just about get past them. Scored a couple of really late goals and, you know, fullback makes a, a really poor error. That was probably tiredness and Billy Sharp bearing down at the cop end. Very, very calm finish. Then a breakaway goal. I thought Sander Berger, like I was saying on this show a couple of weeks ago, Dan, I thought he was exceptional tonight. And this guy was available for 20 million in the January window. He can definitely play levels above. He sometimes makes the game look very easy. He could do a little bit more in terms of his output, but he's got the ability. And they'll be they'll be grateful they've gone through tonight. And obviously, then they've got the glamour tie against Tottenham at home, which I would imagine will be an absolute sellout. So that'll be amazine atmosphere as well. Should Ollie Palmer have taken that second penalty, Stevie? I don't think so. No. 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 I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Mullen. Mullen was right when he said, you know what, I had it as hard as I could. Yep. I didn't hold back. I knew exactly what I was doing. It was going where I wanted it. But it's a good save. Right. I mean, it's a good save. Yeah. He's got a solid hand on it. He's guessed the right way. So, you know, there's no... I have no problem with the way the penalty was taken whatsoever. I think you put it down to the goalkeeper. The, the only thing I would say is that if your best is the one that he used for his first penalty, maybe you trust your best again. And trust the keeper's going to... And, and trust that the goalkeeper is going to dive because yeah. the goalkeeper may be thinking you're not going to take it down the middle again. But if that's your best, that's what you trust, and, and that's a way that you take penalties, trust that your best is better than the goalkeeper. That's, that's the only thing I'd say. It's, it's a little hindsight 2020 sort of thing, but I'm just going to think that in that moment of pressure, it's difficult to try to come up with a solution. So go back to what you can trust. If you, if you told the goalkeeper what you were going to do the first time yes and he knew it was going there he'd still have a problem saving it because of the power because of the power and because it's right under the crossbar so sometimes you've just got to say here's my best mm -hmm. what have you got unfortunately again the goalkeeper was too much for the second one and Don do you agree yeah, it's, it, it's almost like you want to sort of have the penalties again because he went for the safe one which was down the middle and then, therefore, he was never really going to go down the middle again. So it was, a, it was a left or right. So it was a sort of 50-50 call. But the penalty that you hit was actually quite a good one. It wasn't in the corner. You've got to, I think you've got to credit the goalkeeper for pulling off a big save. And that was the moment in the game. That was the big moment that swung it back in uh, Sheffield United's favour. Uh, Alexis, obviously for them now, from a Wrexham point of view, it's all about getting promotion. We hear a lot of talk, don't we, about teams being together on the same page, all pulling in the same direction. Everything you see and hear from a Wrexham perspective, though, seems to complement that. Yeah, 100%. It's honestly been a very special story that, like, you know, Darky was saying, everyone's fallen in love with. And, and it does start with the owners. It's You guys know just how rare it is nowadays to see just complete harmony straight from the top, straight to the bottom. And we know that these are not your typical owners. They bring that Hollywood flair, that American flair, too. But it's just so amazing to see them go on the likes of Twitter and ask the fans who they should sign next and then actually do that. You remember players like Paul Mullen, like 
Ollie Palmer, even the, the manager, Phil Parkinson, were pretty much plying their trade in higher leagues. So to bring them here, you definitely see the effect that they have had. And the fans have completely bought into that 100%. It is probably one of the best fan bases I think I have been around today. Of course, Sheffield were at home. It's a bigger stadium. You would expect them to outnumber all of the Wrexham fans. But the Wrexham fans were full of song and voice straight from the get-go. They were the more intimidating fans, I definitely would say. And you look at what Wrexham have done. This is only their third loss so far this season in the FA Cup. They lost in the FA Trophy and they lost the last time in the league back in October against Notts County, who are their closest rival in the league. In the FA Cup, they've scored 15 goals and that's the first time a non-league side has scored that many goals in 70 years. What they are doing is definitely something special. They're all on the same page. They understand their role. The manager definitely believes in them and it truly is a great story. And as Darkie was saying, we definitely hope that they do get promotion, but they look very much on course to doing that. Uh, Alexa News, go and warm up. Thank you very much. So then, let's take a look at the lineup for the next round of the FA Cup. There's still one tie to be decided, of course. That's Fulham or Sunderland. Uh, they play uh, tomorrow, the winner of which will take on Leeds. Elsewhere, it's like a Bristol City against Manchester City. Grimsby beat Luton to set up a tie against Southampton. And Fleetwood beat Sheffield Wednesday. They'll take on Burnley, who beat Ipswich. So the aforementioned Sunderland against Fulham game will be live tomorrow. Coverage starts at 2.30 Eastern on ESPN+. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Jesse Marsh sacked, of course, at what? Leeds on uh, Monday, uh, leaving Leeds level on points with Everton uh, in the relegation zone. Uh, take a look at his record uh, during his time there, of course, went there, saved them from the drop, but it was a bad run, wasn't it? Zero wins in the last seven Premier League games, which made the board feel that they had to make a change if Leeds were going to survive. Uh, for more on this, Don and Ian are here, as is former US international Casey Keller joins Casey more anti-American ways to the Premier League. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think a lot of us were rooting for Jesse that he was going to have a, a level of success at Leeds and, and, and be able to kind of kind of change maybe some of that sentiment. But, you know, unfortunately, results speak for themselves. Uh, you know, he was given the opportunity. And unfortunately, after 
what looked like a decent start, being able to secure uh, leads from relegation last season. He just wasn't able to to continue any kind of momentum going into this year. I, I think the real the assumption was that could Leeds take a big step forward? Could they move into uh, more of a you know mid-table position and not be looking over their shoulder? And he was just unable to get the results that he needed. And that's the consequences when 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 you don't pick up a win in seven and you find yourself only out of the relegation zone in the second half of the season by goal difference. How are you feeling if you're Weston McKenney, Casey? <laughs> Well, it, no, nothing's uh, fun for a player that moves to a new club and then within the next week or two, uh, the manager that signed you got fired. So it will be interesting to see what uh, Weston McKinney does. I know it's just a loan with an eye to a permanent deal, but um, yeah, I mean, in, in the end, you, you just have to prove yourself for a new manager and, and, and go in and play well. I mean, it's not... Uh, it's, it, it's not that big of a deal, but definitely a new guy is going to come in with new ideas and the manager that brought you in because you were part of his plans are no longer there. So it's really up to you to prove yourself. Ian, were you surprised by this decision? Um, not surprised, no, I really. I think so. I mean... It... Sorry, Casey, go on, Ian. No, I was going to say I'm not surprised because, you know, they, they'd won two out of 17 games. Teams down at the bottom of the Premier League panic. It's worth so much money uh, to stay in this league that in the end they go for trying to get a new manager bounce. And it looks like Everton are going to get that with, with Dyche. And I think that's what Leeds have done here, actually, because um, if you look at the table there, they've slipped to, well, their only goal difference is keeping them outside the bottom three. Mm. Um, and I think Jesse lost the fans a little bit because he'd give these very upbeat interviews after games where they hadn't really played that well and said, we're going to get good. I can see us going on a big run soon. But the big run never arrived. And in the end, they lost patience. Don, are you surprised they chose to do it now, considering what you've got United tomorrow and then United again at the weekend? A little bit, and I think you add on to the fact that they actually backed him in the transfer window and give Jesse Marsh a little bit of money and, and, and brought players in. In all, in all honesty, Dan, I think they should have probably done it a little bit sooner. I think the board's probably looked at the impact. I think that Lopetegui's had at Wolves, the impact that Unai Emery's had at Villa, who both look like they're going to steer clear of relegation. Then you add Sean Dyche factor in. They beat, obviously, Arsenal at the weekend. So the board have probably looked at it and thought, well, everyone down there is trending and going in the right direction, apart from us. So something has to happen. There's every chance if they lose the couple of games against Man United with Jesse Marsh in charge or not, they're going to be crippling into the bottom three. So I think they're looking for a reaction. There is, of course, a vacancy regarding the uh, US manager at the moment, Casey. Is it quite simple? Jesse Marsh should get the job? Well, I think there's uh, rumors obviously moving in that direction. I mean, when you look at some of the names that have been linked, you know, with the U.S. national team job, uh, some of obviously are, are, are priced out of what U.S. soccer is going to uh, be able to spend for, for the manager. And then I think also if you look at Jesse Marsh and the experience that he's gathered, it's, probably, it's, it's definitely more than any other U.S. manager who's been in that role. So, yes, it's a little bit tainted because he's failed at his last two clubs uh, at RB Leipzig and then now at Leeds. 
but still, you know, what he's been able to accomplish as a as a U.S. manager, you know, like I said, has been more than any other U.S. manager before that has uh, been at the the helm of U.S. soccer. Uh, the question mark too maybe comes in: Does he want to stay in Europe? Try to take a step down and see if he's then able to resurrect his European career? Or is it a case where you think, you know what, I have the opportunity if, again, if that opportunity arises to to be the head coach of the U.S. national team when they're hosting the tournament. Maybe that's just something that's too much for an American to turn down. It's a good point, Steve, isn't it? Because you go from the day-to-day running of a club, international management is very different. Yeah. If you were Jesse Marsh, how much would you push to make that change or how much would you miss the day-to-day? I don't think it's a case of that. I think it's a case of, you know, if we listen to what Jesse's been saying over the last five, six years since he's been in Europe, the way his teams have played, it's not straightforward. It's a little complicated. Right. And if you want to play a brand of football that has been, you know, the way Jesse's tells us the way he wants Leeds to play when he took over from Bielsa. wasn't un-Bielsa-like. But to do that with an international side, I, I find would be almost impossible to have a group of players for five or six days mm. and change the way they play at the club into this Bielsa-like open environment where everybody's running, everybody's chasing, everybody's closing, everybody, you're all over the shop. I don't see how you can do that with an international side. I don't see how it's possible. Is he your candidate for the job? He would have been had he stayed at Leeds and actually had been more successful with Leeds. And the reason I say that is because I think Jesse Marsh, if the job were offered to him because he has been so successful, it it was more likely for me as an option. I think right now it's more of a failure because of the recent results and he sort of is backing himself into the position. Uh, so then you know I'm going to say, if not him, who? First of all, I'm not making this decision, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> however... That's, that's, if, if, if that's I, what I'll say, first of all, <laughs> is that I'm not making this decision. But if I were making the decision, I would take into consideration what Stevie just mentioned and the type of manager that it takes to be a national team coach. Right. Jesse Marsh is very sort of upbeat. Here we go, guys. Come on now. And this is, you get used to that on a daily basis. When you come in with a national team, you don't quite have the time to do this. You have to get to, this is how we're going to set up. This is how we're going to play. These are simple concepts. Can we do them? And do we have the player personnel available to do these things? If so, let's go and do it. So, no. My, my answer would not be Jesse Marsh. It would be actually, I would think, if I'm... If I'm making the decision, I'm going with Jim Curtin. Right. Right. And the reason I'm, I'm, I'm picking Jim Curtin is, first of all, he's all about MLS. He has deep knowledge of this league, of the recent players that have been successful in this league. And then you add the international players to that. And now I think you can generate a nucleus of player that sort of matches more closely what the U.S. can, can be on the field, not the lofty goals of what Greg Berhalter wanted them to be, right? What's realistic? What can we do with this group of players? Not what hopefully we can be and proactively take it to teams when you don't have the players to do so. All right, Casey, I know you love these questions, so I'll keep it simple. Jim Curtin or Jesse Marsh? 
personally, I think Jesse Marsh would be more of a of a candidate than Jim Curtin. I like what Jim's done at at, at Philly. Of course, he's he's done a really good job on a budget that doesn't match a lot of the other clubs in MLS. But I think as you're starting to see now. You know, 75 to 80 percent of the U.S. men's national team is playing in Europe and they're playing at big clubs. And you have to deal with egos and you have to deal with clubs that don't want to release their players. And, and you have to have a level uh, of understanding when when dealing with those situations. And I think someone like Jesse coming out of uh, out of more of a, of a European experience would help navigate some of that field a little bit more. I think the other tricky part is you really don't have a competitive match for a couple years. So who wants to take the job right now knowing that there's no qualifying, there's, there's, there's large stretches where you're going to be looking at players that, that in, in all likelihood don't really even feature when it really matters. So there's a lot of things that U.S. soccer has to look at. And probably first and foremost, they have to find the person that actually is going to be responsible for hiring the manager with with Ernie Stewart leaving and Brian McBride leaving. And, and, and really, you know, where is the direction? Where's the rudder for U.S. soccer right now? We're start talking about a manager and they don't even have somebody who's responsible for hiring a manager yet. Uh, yeah, Casey, you could do that. Just do it all. <laughs> Take over. Well, oh, thank you. Yes, Dan. Yeah. 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 Thanks there a lot. Perfect. All right. Yeah. So he's not happy about that. Hey, well, they can't afford Casey. Let's no, no. Let's well, who can? Who can? We barely can. Uh, thank you very much, Casey. Uh, just a reminder: the boys discussed it at length. Of course, who should be the next uh, U.S. men's and manager on the latest edition of Football Americas? That is available now here on ESPN Plus. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Uh, ESPN FC back tomorrow. Be sure to stay tuned, though, as Extra Time is next. Welcome into the latest edition of Extra Time. Don's smiling away. Ali's with us, as is Stevie. How are you, Don? You good? I'm great, Dan. All good, mate. All good. Oh, lovely. Good to hear. Let's get straight to it. Stevie's thoughts on Gakpo so far. Oh, I thought he's been all right. Aye. Uh, I think it's hard for anybody coming into a side that's struggling. Right. To show their best. He's shown little bits here and there, but the truth is he's not really had much opportunity to 
to really to show us exactly what he's got. So it's, I think it's a little difficult to. You said it was a big mistake signing him, didn't he? No, Is I didn't. it starting to justify that? <laughs> <laughs> I read in the I read, I read in the Liverpool no, Echo. That's a, what you, you said. You made it up, Matt. <laughs> Rapnel, <laughs> In that what? Rapnel cluttered brain. There we go. What's more likely to happen, Don? Manchester United finish above Manchester City, or Liverpool finish top six? My goodness me! Liverpool to finish top six. Five points off Brighton at the moment. Liverpool to finish top six. Really? Don't think United can catch City. No. They, well, they, if, they, if, if they beat Leeds, then they're, they're there, aren't they? Oh, right. Tomorrow. Yeah, but yeah, they'll have Arsenal will have two they'll games in hand, City will have a game in hand. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'll, I'll say Liverpool top six. Okay, Stevie. <laughs> <laughs> top six seems a long, long way off, right there, doesn't it? <laughs> Liverpool legend. Stevie <laughs> Nichols says <laughs> no chance. Liverpool echoes back. It feels a long way to go. Oh. Where you have to kind of talk. Yeah, that's it's it's what we do, Stevie. <laughs> God, no, let's try to separate them because both is a t they're both a tall order, right? But which is the tallest exactly. order? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Can you come back to me on that? No. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Liverpool finishing top six. Wow, that's very <laughs> convincing. You know, you know what's funny there? Done insane. Nah, Manchester United are not catching Manchester City. No, they can. They, uh, uh, they, uh, if they win tomorrow, they catch them. That's, that's uh, <laughs> facts. <laughs> facts get in the way of things. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, well, a let's, yeah. it's a very random question in the middle of this. <laughs> facts get in the way. For the panel, who has the best taste in music? Wow. Mm. Everyone says quite well, different. You're a big Garth Brooks fan? I'm a big country fan. Country yes. fan. And yeah. Latin music, of course. Uh, yes, there you go. Well, I'm Stevie, a fan of everything. You, you, you are actually, aren't you? I just yeah. like bits of everything. Yes. I can't listen to a, one particular thing yes. for yes. any length of time. Is Adele still very much high on the list? No, she's, no, she's, she's moved on. Oh, yeah. She's gone. She's gone. I never said she's gone. Well, you said she's not high up on the list anymore. <laughs> Was the list? <laughs> this is Stevie's list of music. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, no. No. Who's sitting at that table at the moment? You've been singing a lot of Miley Cyrus. Uh, Miley Cyrus. Right now, yeah. Well, yeah. I like Miley Cyrus. Yes. One. Flowers, yeah. I yeah. like that right now. There you are. But that'll probably last for another week. Right. That'll be in my head and then... And then someone else will Something come. Something else will appear. Come and sit on and, the table. And yeah. you're, you're waiting for Shakira to sing her song. To yeah, I need that one. Yeah. Yeah. You, want, you want the English version of the Shakira song? I want the, the English version of Shakira, yeah, I believe. It's, it's all on the same lines as Miley. Yes. yes. Oh, it's Miley. Go back. Oh, it's Miley, is it? I'm going to go back. Close friend. My good friend, Miley Cyrus. Uh, Don, you you obviously put a lot of pictures of your music on Instagram, which is fascinating. Yeah, yeah well, uh, and I just like everything, Dan. <laughs> I just like I can be I can be hip hop, I can be oh. Stone Roses, Arctic Monkeys, 80s music. Uh, I think I was on a desert island though, and I could only take one band or listen to one band on a desert island. It would be yes. Fleetwood Mac. Fleetwood ah, Mac. there you go. Yeah. Uh, Stevie's asking what hip hop is. What's uh, hip hop? Who, what classes is hip hop? <laughs> what like classes is hip hop? Rap music. What music? Rap music. 
<laughs> I thought you'd listen to everything. That's down. That's down. That's down in the bottom of the list. Yeah, despite that wrong, there should be a C in front of it. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, apologise. We apologise. The image of Dawn in hip-hop is it's mind-blowing. I love it. I do quite like some of Eminem's stuff. Oh, there we go. There you are. I shouldn't say that. There you are. Yeah. There's not many after that, though. Snoop Dogg. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Fifty Cent, okay. Dr. Dre, no, Dr. Dre. No, no. Where's the love for Rivera Cano Alley? Who would have predicted them being fifth in La Liga? Are they the biggest surprise across the main five leagues in Europe so far this season? Well, yes, they are. It's yep. the answer to that question. It, nobody, including Rayo Vallecano themselves, would have thought that they'd be in the position that they are right now. But if you're looking for love for Rayo Vallecano, you should go to Casey. Right? Yes. Right? He's, yes. Not a, he's the man. He is the guy that will provide that love. But there is something to be said about Rayo Vallecano and the fact that they know who they are. They have identity. They know how they want to play. And they end up making it difficult for the teams. They do just enough offensively. They have been very consistent. Whereas other teams around that area haven't been all that consistent. Therefore, Rayo Vallecano keeps winning. They keep jumping places. After yesterday's discussion of pies, what's their favorite food to buy from a concession stand at a game? Well, this is where, by the way, America completely surpasses England mm. and Spain okay. with regard to what is on offer food-wise right. at, at matches. In England, a burger here or there maybe, Spain, nothing, right. pretty much, but America gives you such an eclectic mix. The pies at home aren't bad, you know. No, it's not mm. the pies are fine, but you look, oh, Stevie, if you go to Fenway or somewhere like that, the selection that you have, mm. is nuts. Yeah, I think nowadays in, in sporting venues in this country, in order for you to keep up with the times, you have to provide this variety. It isn't just hot dogs and popcorn anymore, or nachos, yeah. it is a full menu of options. But people are more interested in the food than they are what's going on. Yes, which is a problem, but that's a cultural <laughs> thing. You know, there is something going on in the game and these people are going, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, so they can leave and you're, you, you shouldn't leave. You, the game is going on right now, no, yeah. stay here yeah. with us. What's your, what's your limit, Stevie? Obviously Super Bowl coming around on Sunday, it's gonna be very expensive for a beer. Yeah. How much have you paid or would you pay so if we say $20 is our starting point. <laughs> this is really easy. Yeah. Well, the first one you buy, you have a moan at. Yes. <laughs> the second one, the moan drops a bell. Right. After that, you don't care. You just that, keep that, going. That's it. Yeah, the seal's broken. That's yeah, it. It's yeah. done. It's, it happens all the time. It's done and dusted. Oh, so right moan up the first one. Yes. What? Yeah. You're paying what, how much? Yes, plus tip. <laughs> plus tip. Yes. Yeah, second one is... It was expensive, isn't it? Yes. Third one's just geese a bit. That's it. That's it. Uh, Don, what's your go-to when you go to a stadium? Uh, steak pie, I reckon. Steak pie, yeah, there's nice. Yeah, there's not a lot of options. I mean, I do, I do like a, a greasy burger with onions on. No cheese, though. But it would be no. a steak pie. <laughs> yeah, steak pie. Ali, what you, what would you... Uh... Oh, I, I got variety in me. Yes. I'll, <laughs> I look at that full menu that I just mentioned. <laughs> yes, go there. And, you know, I, certain principles. I, I, I don't want to go and eat sushi at a baseball stadium. It doesn't feel like right. that's, that's what I yeah, would that's want. Yeah, that's Stevie's go-to, obviously. Yeah, I don't, that's not... The, but I keep it within the realm of, of yeah. 
burgers, yeah, hot dogs. Smoky, something smoky. So, barbecue, yeah, yeah, like barbecue. Yes. Like a barbecue sandwich yeah. would be great. Something yeah. just cut off the grill there. Yeah, the local baseball places are nice. Yes. Yeah, very yes. nice. Yeah. Yes, they do. Yeah. And left field. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, very nice. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Not cheap. There we are. But that's all right. Kids, <laughs> you're not in. Uh, what matchup is currently more appealing? The Champions League tie between Liverpool and Manchester United. Oh, sorry. Liverpool and Real Madrid or the Europa League Manchester United versus Barcelona tie. No Italian teams, Don. Sorry about that. We know you love your right. Italian sides. Yeah. But of those two mediocre matches, which one would you go for? <laughs> I mean, I'd still lean towards Real Madrid, Liverpool, but the but the Man U Barca, it's like it's a test to see where Barca are at and also where Man U are at as well. But if if, if you're pushing me, I think Liverpool, Real Madrid's the draw, isn't it? Two two of the most famous clubs in the world. I don't know. If you only, could only had one TV and could only watch one of those games, mm. you're only watching Europa League. Yeah. yeah, but they're good, really two really good teams that are playing quality. Is his face mm-hmm. then? Oh, is it? He's really oh, trying I'm, to sell it. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm trying to sell tickets for the game. No, I'm just, I'm just really offering, offering an opinion, Stevie, because your boys are rubbish at the moment. Well, if it was a Conference League game with Barcelona and United, would, would you still feel? Well, the that's same? such a ridiculous comparison. That is such a silly thing to say, isn't it? Oh, well, what a ridiculous, so wait a minute, a Champions what a ridic- League game. What a ridiculous what a Champions point League to game compared to a Europa League game. And you try to say a ridiculous comparison is a Europa League game to a conference game. Yes, no I different. am. It is completely different. The drop-off is no different. It's completely different, Stevie. Nonsense. You're talking absolute, absolute nonsense. garbage. Which game, is, which game is going to have more quality in? <laughs> oh, what's the honour about quality? Listen to him. What do you mean? It's that's a Champions a, League. That's a valid point. It's a Champions League. The two teams that played in the final they're kicking the backside ago. You got one team struggling big time. You got the other team who may not be at the best. But two of the biggest names in war football. But you'd rather watch a Europa League game with Barcelona and Man United. Which team has got more quality? Team. Which which match will have more quality on show? Well, hold on a second. I've been sat <laughs> here. here I've been sat here, here for the last four weeks, listening to everybody saying how Barcelona have been struggling to get over the line and no. not playing particularly well. Last well. So if you want to start talking about quality, if you start talking about quality, then we're going to go over there. We're going to go with form. So Barcelona's playing be- playing worse than Liverpool and Real Madrid at the moment. I never said that. Well, that's what you're alluding to. You're talking to. about that's quality. That's what you're alluding to. You just I just told you. That you, you talk, ask me a question about quality, and, just, and I've said look, look, you, you, look, you as well as you made a silly. Comment, has sat made a silly comment and, and said that Barcelona <laughs> have been struggling and have just got themselves over the line by the odd goal over the last four weeks or something. They're like. still performing better. So, uh, they're still performing better than Liverpool or Real Madrid. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, so, so just if that's your argument, yes, it's still a Champions League game. Not, not completely. Two, two huge teams. Yes. Who? May not be at the best, right. but it doesn't really matter. It makes it more intriguing. It makes it more intriguing. Of course it does. No, it doesn't. Oh, listen, if Liverpool were flying around, Madrid were flying, yeah. you'd be like, yes, brilliant. You guys realise that we don't Do have to make this choice. You don't think people are going, yes, brilliant anyway. <laughs> we don't What's have to question? make this choice. I'm not going, yes, brilliant, because Liverpool are being crap. But you think, <laughs> you think people are going, oh, no. I'd rather watch the Europa League game with Barca Man U hey. than watch a two Robbie two well, teams I, I'm that have been go absolutely to the, rubbish. Go to the National Liverpool League. and Real Madrid, they've been rubbish. There's no quality. 
You, you do know that you guys are arguing over a hypothetical. One game is on Wednesday, the other game is on Thursday. Garbage. <laughs> oh, it's like watching a national yeah. conference yeah, game. Yeah, you watch the games for the quality. Oh. You're right. What else would you watch? Though? Oh, yeah, yeah, right. If Madrid don't win a cup at the end of the season and part ways with Ancelotti, would Klopp be an ideal fit? Mm. Ooh, and would Ancelotti be a right fit for Liverpool? Mm. You know, Liverpool lacking in quality well, at the moment. Listen, let me tell you, Ancelotti would be a great manager for anybody, including Liverpool, so mm. oh. that's not even doubt. Right. What about Klopp at Real Madrid? Hmm. Well, let's be honest. He's had a he's had a bad seven month, but the last fourteen years with Liverpool and Dortmund, he ain't been bad. No. So really, would you have a problem? You're a Madrid fan. Would you have a problem with it? Of course not. It'd be brilliant. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. they'd both good. be good. And then if Real Madrid meet Liverpool, yeah, oh, only. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't matter even if it was a friendly. <laughs> Don or oh, the Conference Is that League. A good swap? Europa League, but how great would it be if it was the Champions League? What, the biggest competition in the world. <laughs> no, no. God, that's that, that question. What, what, what a question that is. Uh, the one before, by the way. Um, nah, I don't think you'd have a problem, would you? Ancelotti for Liverpool, Klopp for Real Madrid. Yeah. You wouldn't have a problem. Huh. If you're Jurgen Klopp, you, you better get used to wearing a suit in the sidelines. You're not just going to show up with your running tracks at Real Madrid. Ooh. I'm just, I'm just oh. telling you. Oh. I'm just telling you that it's not going to fly. Okay, I'm being told we have to end this now, so yeah. that is it. So thank you very much, Don. Thank you, everybody. No problem, ESPN FC back on your screens uh, tomorrow. Manchester United, of course, in action. They'll be taking on Leeds. We'll be looking back at that. Brainstorm. What's something that works so well that it's basically magic? Microwave. Air conditioning. What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/fc. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/fc now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/fc.